0: So continuing our theme of discipleship, and I guess everything we do is discipleship, when you think about it. We worship because that's following Christ. We hear from his word because that's following Christ and what he told us to do. We love one another because that's what he told us to do, and we're in unity with other Christians because that's what he told us to do. And I guess you could say everything we do is discipleship. However, we've got this uh, series, and this week's uh, title is God's Healthy Community, and we'll be reading from Colossians 3, uh, 12 to uh, 17. So Colossians 3, 12 to 17. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness and patience. Bear with each other and forgive whatever grievances you may have as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom, as you sing psalms, hymns and spiritual songs with gratitude in your hearts to God. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Um, I haven't got a PowerPoint today, I had issues, technical issues, but if you want the notes from the sermon, all of the DG Group's leaders uh, get them uh, and ask them to forward them on to you, or if not, email me and I'll forward them on. So apologies, there was a technical issue, which is probably my fault. Um, So my dad's got a friend, or had a friend, he died now, uh, but he was super thin. You know, one of those annoying people. Um, And he could eat whatever he wanted and drink whatever he wanted and he stayed really thin, so from the outside, he looked really, really healthy compared, possibly, to some other people. But uh, when he went for a checkup, they found actually on the inside he had very high cholesterol uh, and visceral fat. Is that the right term? If I said the right. If I pronounced that correctly? Which is the stuff around here, apparently. And um, and he wasn't actually that well at all, and he was seriously ill and had to go into hospital. A guy that I used to sit opposite on the trading floor, a friend of mine, his name was Ian as well. That's where the similarity uh, ended, because he was super fit. And uh, some of you would say he was ripped. I mean, he was a gym freak. He was down there in the morning before work, bearing in mind we had to be at our desk at 6.30, and he'd be in there after work. Um, I did laugh once they had their first child, because I knew that was all going to stop. <laughs> but it didn't. He was so dedicated. And he was, I mean, proper. I mean, you know, sort of 32-inch waist, the V, uh, everything else that, um, you know, some people might aspire to be. I clearly don't. Um, but he was super fit. And his his, his body fat percentage was saying ridiculous like eight. I think mine is about, I don't know, 25. Um, but he was really, really low. And he went for a checkup. you see, and they did this uh, BMI thing, body mass index. And um, he said, you know, Smithy, he said, the lady sitting opposite me, clearly was not a gym freak. And she said to me, you are obese. And uh, because his weight... See, muscle weighs heavier than fat, right? So he's super lean, but she said, you are obese. He said, the cheek of it. The cheek of it. So on the one hand, you've got my dad's friend who looks really healthy, but on the inside, wasn't. And you've got the other that looks really healthy, and someone was telling him that he wasn't. right? But what, what they both missed was what really was on the inside. And you could have a big church and it can be unhealthy because of the things happening on the inside. Not always are the outward appearances the things that we should judge ourselves and others on. Because often we don't know all the facts anyway. And Paul here is writing to the church at in Asia Minor around somewhere around AD 60. Uh, he was in prison when he wrote it yet he he's been encouraging, he's challenging them uh, about their character and this passage starts with therefore and you've heard me say before whenever you have a therefore in the bible you have to see why what it's saying therefore for if that keeps you up you see what i mean so he's just reminded them uh, in chapter 3 verse 1 they are in christ so they should set their hearts on things above they put, should set their hearts on things above Uh, Elsewhere, we know that he writes in Hebrews, uh, in the first few verses of uh, chapter 12, he says, run with perseverance, the race marked out for us. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. So our focus needs to be on heavenly things and on Christ, who's the head of the church. Right? Okay, the head of the church. We bow down and confess, you are Lord in this place. That's where our focus must be. Our lives carry on, but not for long. Uh, we came from dust, we returned to dust. God reigns forever and he promises that we'll be with him forever if we're, if we're Christians. In the meantime, we're, we're borrowed. This is his body to use and it's decaying. No matter how fit you are or unfit you are, it's decaying. And unless he returns in our lifetime, it will continue decaying. But one day we'll be made new and we'll have new bodies and we'll be with him forever, which is great, which is really good. But in the meantime... We have to go through this life fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, and echoing what it says in chapter 3, verse 1, set your hearts on things above, because we can get distracted easily by the world. Anyone here watch Grey's Anatomy? Oh, more than I thought. I've only just recently been introduced to it. If you don't know Grey's Anatomy, there's this uh, doctor called Meredith Grey. And uh, she's in Grey's Anatomy, as you'd expect. And, um, and it shows you these interns and how they learn and... Do their stuff and everything. We've we, Andrew and I are getting quite addicted uh, to it. Uh, that's not the reason the PowerPoint wasn't done, but we do tend to <laughs> we do tend to stay up a bit later uh, than we should. And there's one scene that we saw, funny enough, in the week where um, they have amazing storylines. Some of are a little bit far fetched. And this one, is, uh, the kids have gone out, so that's good news. So, but none of you do this either. They, they the kids bet another kid to jump in a in a vat of uh, quick drying cement sort of thing you do, right, and so uh, when they go into the uh, room, you see this kid up to his neck, well i say he's 18, and he's just in this cement, and you wouldn't believe the medical complications of that, I know all of them now, and so uh, there are all sorts of things about it sucking the water out of his body, and it's going to burn because the toxin. it's really interesting, and I don't know if any of it is true at all, but it was a good story, and... But there was this scene where there's six doctors all around the body and this one's going to, you know, as soon as the plasts off the leg we'll have to decide whether to amputate it or whether we've got to, you know, get the circulation going, all these. And they're all running around chaotically. And there's, a, and there's Andrew and I's favourite doctor, and I can't remember her name. Um, she's got a bad nickname, which I'm not going to say, but she's quite... She's really funny. And she's just sort of standing there. She's standing there like this. And the other doctors are all chasing around and get involved, and we've got to do my bit first, we've got to protect the heart first, no, we've got to get the leg first, if and it's all kicking off. And she's standing, one of them goes up to her and says, what, what are you doing? You're not doing anything. And she said, shh, like this. And she's really funny. And they um, and said, no, come on, we've got to, we've got to and, and in the end she was, I'm, I'm just trying to see the big picture. She was looking at everybody else rushing around uh, like headless chickens. And she said, I want to stand back and just see what's going on and see the big picture. And then she comes out with some line which was quite funny, um, and uh, which turned out to be, just so you know, because you probably want to know the end of the story, is that um, uh, because the cement was sucking the water and life out of him, they were hydrating him. When you get hydrated, and you're drinking lots of fluid. What do you have to do next? Yes, yeah, not if you're in a vat of concrete. So they was going to explode. This is, I haven't seen the end of that episode. We're going to see it uh, later on. <laughs> Give you an up. I'll give you an update next week. I'm hoping it's a happy ending, but I'm not sure for now. It's going to make you come back, though, isn't it? <laughs> but she stood there and said, I need to see the big picture. Everyone else is chasing about. I need to see the big ch- picture. And, you know, the, ch- the, the church, uh, we're doing good for God as best we can, but we always need to see the big picture. We can get caught up in all the little things, and we need to see the big picture. And ministers. Uh, and elders and deacons and pastors and church members, we, we all have to see uh, the big picture. Because don't underestimate how much you can change that. How much, whatever situation you're in, work, life, family, home, you can change the spiritual atmosphere. Because you're the light shining in the darkness. You're the one with the character. You're the one that doesn't go with the ways of the world. You go with the way of Christ. There was a situation I was in in the past where uh, some uh, members left the church. And you can't help but take that personally as a minister. You know, whatever anyone tells you, I'll oh, be blessed. You know, we, we sort of mean it, but we're a bit annoyed as well because you see it as a personal failing, but you shouldn't. But you do. Anyway, they left, and then after a while, I heard they were talking against uh, the church, and um, it's damaging. And then it gets into a social setting, and when you see the social setting, you think this is now damaging to the kingdom. And you think, what do you do? Do you approach the person directly? Do you go to their pastor? Do you get them rebuked? What do you do? And uh, actually, the pastor and I got together and we prayed about it. I said, we need to pray and break this spiritual hold of angst and nastiness, really. It's not healthy and it's not kingdom. If you approach people, they're going to get hurt and defensive. And the key was seeing what was going on around. And actually, probably the enemy was behind it. And if you reacted in the wrong way, he could maybe have his way. But you have to just say, I'm going to see the big picture. Actually, the two pastors need to get there and just pray it out. And, and uh, hopefully that worked. In your lives, you'll have all sorts of things going on. It's, it's time to step back sometimes and see what's going on. What, what is going on in the heavenly realms? What is happening in this situation? Because sometimes it's just, it just doesn't make sense. And you need to break through. And you're the person to do that. Because you're going to have your eyes fixed on Jesus, the author and perfecter of your faith. And you're going to set your hearts on the things above, not the things and power plays of this world. A church is a community of God's people, a family, a family. And what, you know, those of you who are in a family, what's one of the things that you want for your family in their decaying bodies? What do you want? What What can't money buy? Health. 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 You can have every, everyone who's got children or parents or loved ones, wives, spouses, you want health. And it's often when health goes you realize just how healthy you were, and you're a bit more grateful for it as well. Of course, we want health. Of course, we want health. And what, in this context, what, what uh, Paul is saying is we want a healthy church. Because we can be a large church, but inside we could be, if we're not careful, unhealthy. And in this context, he's saying we want a healthy character. And he points out the bad and the good as well. So unhealthy, the unhealthy side was how uh, we were before, verses 5 to 12. uh, Concern themselves with the negatives, the bad, the things to get rid of. Sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, greed, anger, rage, malice, slander, bad language, lying. All these things you could say, yeah, that's right. We didn't really want to go down that road. And then we ask the question, why then? What's instead of that? What? To, how do I set my heart on the things above? Why should I anyway? Because verse 9 says you've taken off your old self with its practices and you've put on your new self, which is being renewed. It means you're a new creation. You're not. Part, you don't play for that team anymore. And the Spirit of God is working within us to be more positive and look at the good things in life. And sometimes that's an attitude. Every day I can tell from just by looking at you that you get dressed. Every day. If you don't get dressed, um, yeah, I don't know what the end of that. I was about to say, do you know what I was about to say? I was about to say, you better see me privately. And I realised that was the wrong thing to say. <laughs> Every day you get dressed. And I would imagine for some of you, probably the better sex. You put a bit more time and effort than I would. Or most men. I mean, The reason I wear white shirts a lot is because it's just easy. I don't have to match anything. And so when you're out of time, you just put a white shirt on, pretty much anything goes with it. But I bet sometimes you're picking out the colours and you're choosing what to wear about a given situation or maybe a meeting or an interview, something like that. And every morning, in the same regard, you have a choice, a God-leading choice. You don't want to put that old self on with its old attitudes. You want to say, right, this morning... I'm living for God. I'm going to fix my eyes on the things in the heavenly realms. So I'm going to look to Jesus, the author and perfecter of my faith. I'm going to look at my character and be his shining light in the world. I'm going to put on the character of Jesus. I choose that this morning. And I'm going to fix my eyes on him and take in him, in me, to the outside world. And I know we've all got our faults and fallacies. I've got mine. I'm not perfect, I can tell you that. And there's someone else here who can tell you that as well. Um, but we do our best, we make an attitude in the morning, you know, open up the spiritual wardrobe and I'm going to put Christ on, he says he clothes me in his righteousness, I want to put that on we're being renewed and the characters our characters must become more like Jesus who leads us by example and it's to this that Paul says therefore, So, if you're all the bad, this is the good And now it's this. So first of all, we've got our identity, haven't we? Verse 12, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved. That's a great promise, isn't it? You're chosen, you're being made holy, and you're dearly loved. These were terms in the past, before all this, before the new covenant, that were reserved for Israel. The promise given to Abraham, who became Abraham in the Old Testament. You know, this promise was for those only, and not inclusive. But now, through Christ... We're part of the new covenant. We've been grafted in, grafted in. Genesis 12, uh, right at the beginning, verses 1 and 2. I'll make you into a great nation and I will bless you. This is the promise being given to Abraham. I will make your name great and you will be a blessing. And Israel, the nation of Israel, was supposed to be a light to the nations, to all the generations, passing on this great message of God, the creator, the redeemer to everybody. And they just, they did it good sometimes and other times it wasn't so good. But it's not only for them anymore. Galatians 3.29 says, if you belong to Christ, this is now part of the new covenant, the one that we enter into, as part of God's healthy family, if you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's seed. Imagine that, that promise that was given all those years ago. And the Bible says now in the new covenant, if you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. This is the new covenant. And we're part of it. So now, it's not just for them. The two have become one which was last week's passage. And now we're together and we are worthy to have a relationship with God. So now you're chosen. You've been chosen, which is uh, a unique privilege. We're being made holy. God will work on our character. We're dearly loved, which means you are worth it. You are worth so much that God sent his son uh, to die for you and pay for your sin. But with all of that, that's all the benefits but with that comes an exciting opportunity to serve. And we come out of this spirit of slavery, which is you'd better do this, to the spirit of sonship or servanthood or daughtership, which is I want to do this. I want to do this for my father. But there comes great responsibility. Jesus said in Matthew five fourteen, you are the light of the world. And in verse 16, let your light shine. Let people see your good deeds and praise your father in heaven. When you read on from the Philippians verse, I said at the opening of worship, it says you shine like stars. You you look up at the sky. I remember we used to go to Soul Survivor and there wasn't much light around, which was good. You could get up to loads of stuff and no one saw who it was. We had a lot of fun. And that's ripping down other people's tents and stuff like that. Nothing else. Not sure uh, where I was going. Um, But at the night time, midnight, one o'clock in the morning after the last worship evening, we'd often just lay on the grass and you'd look up. Because there was no light, it, is, it just was incredible. You just can't believe it. And there's millions and millions and millions of these stars. And there's a throwaway line in the Bible, we flung the stars into space. You know, we can't comprehend it. They're finding new stuff all the time. God made all of it. It's incredible. And he says, but you're the light of the world. And where there's darkness, we shine. We have the ability to do good. I know you're all going to get really, really excited about the next piece of information I'm going to give you. We have a civic service that we're hosting here on March the 4th at 3pm. I knew it. <laughs> and not only that, we don't have an evening service because we're going to try and encourage you to come to the civic service. Why do we want to do that? First of all, we're hosting, on am leading, it's embarrassing if the church is empty, but a much better reason is not everybody on Billericay Town Council thinks we should have it in a religious place, but the ones that do, we want to honour them. And so we pray for them, we pray for the town council and everything else. Uh, but we'll have a time of worship... And this year, because it's held here, uh, we get to choose the theme, which is great. So I've chosen it. I've sent it out to the other ministers. And I, I sort of did the email in a gracious way, saying, this is what we're doing, rather than, this is what I'm thinking of doing, what do you think? Because what that lends to is about 50, 60, maybe 100 emails of all different opinions. And will they help me prepare it? No, they won't. So I'm having my way, and it's salt and light is what we're going to be talking about. So we're going to look at this passage, salt and light. But what we're going to do is not just our church... Um, with all its ministries, and there are loads of them, so we've got to really limit the time, probably be a minute of ministry, but we're going to show people of Billeriki, because some come that are non-Christians, and show just what we do, the things that this church does, but so are the other churches, you see, and it's not because we want to brag, it's because we want to take the Bible seriously, where Jesus says, you're the light of the world, let your light shine before men, so they may see your good deeds, and praise your Father in heaven, and if you think about it, you know, youth work in this country, uh, churches employ over half the youth workers in this country. All the droppings that happen, churches. Uh, our, all the stuff we do, loads of it. All the kids work, you know, the toddlers groups. The toddlers groups in this country, over half are run by churches. Uh, brigades here, Alpha. Uh, Alpha's in 48% of prisons and people having life change. There's a lot the church does outside of these buildings as well as within. And I want to challenge them that what would happen if you removed us just from Billericay, just took us away, it would have a dramatic effect on on the spiritual character of the town. So we do want them to see what we do, not for pride or empire or anything like that, but so they might see that we do it for Christ and it's good and we're Christians and we're not ashamed of it. If you removed us, the people that Jesus says, you're the light of the world, it would make a massive difference. And we're, we're not to be trampled on or abused. We're good people and we follow God. And you can lump it sort of thing, you know, or come and join us would be better. So, your identity is your chosen people. Secondly, be in the light. If we, we're getting changed in, re, in the morning, we're renewed, which is great, but we take the responsibility. The Bible says in verse 12, there clothe yourselves. So you're putting on that character. Every situation that you may, may find during this week, or this year, you can change the atmosphere. You're the prayer. In, you might be the single Christian in your home or your work or wherever it is, school, university, and you're the single prayer and you can change that atmosphere. Don't think, I'm on my own, I can't really do anything. You're that one light shining in, in a big dark space and it will have an effect. And some of that is your character, which is what this passage is concerning itself with. So uh, uh, verse 12, compassion. We're a people of compassion. Uh, we don't just ignore uh the lost or uh, the people who are hurting with somebody that someone says you know, they're always there trying to trying to come alongside someone and that if we've got that if we've got a real heart for the lost or uh interested in someone's circumstances even when they've upset you there's normally a reason for it they're probably normally hurting in my experience finding the root cause walking with them you have compassion if you get compassion what follows is kindness kindness because you understand Proverbs eleven seventeen: a kind man benefits himself it's nice to be kind it's nice to be a kind person humility Titus 3 verse 2 show true humility to everyone we're not show-offs when I come to the civic service I'll be quite proud of what we do as a church I, I'm proud of it I think it's good and I'm not ashamed of it and I'm glad they're going to hear about it and so will the other churches because it's good and we want them to praise their father in heaven we want to be a people of gentleness. Philippians 4 verse 5, let your gentleness be evident to all. A people of patience. A people of patience. Proverbs 19, 11, a man's wisdom gives him patience. I am impatient. I'm working on this on a daily basis. I want everything to happen yesterday. Verse 13, bear with one another, forgive as the Lord forgave you. We're a people of many different opinions, many different cultures, Um, And, you know, when people don't take these verses seriously, people leave the church, they have church splits, and normally, in my experience, a lot of the time, they regret it. Because now they've made the leap and they end up thinking, actually, it wasn't a big deal after all. Of course, we've got different ideals and sometimes different theologies. But we walk together in love. Verse 14, all of these surrounded by love. Put on love, it binds them all together. If we have love, all these things fall into place. Verse 15, let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. There's enough angst and upset in the world. And the Bible says, let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. In any given situation, you're never alone. You're never an orphan. Let the peace of Christ, let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. Be thankful one Thessalonians five sixteen be joyful always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Be thankful, joyful. You can always find the blessing if you look for it. And of course verse sixteen we have the word of God itself. Let the word of God sorry the word of Christ dwell in you richly. Richly. The more you read this, not out of duty but out of devotion, the more you do that, the more God speaks. And just this week, for me, you know, we've got the, you know, we've got the church meeting coming up and the CIO and I've got uh, the agenda and we're not too sure how it's going to go. Uh, we haven't got it all worked out. I'm, I quite like that. It, it means I'll have to have more faith. But we know it's going to go well, generally, because God is with us. And there might be some hiccups on the way, but it's going to be really good. And we're going to discover together, as a membership, how to move forward in the church. But I, well, in all of that, in all of that sort of concern and how's this going to work and everything else, um, I was reading the Bible and I went to Joshua 1. Joshua 1 was one of those passages given to me very early on. Be bold, be, be bold, that's a new word, bold. Be bold and very courageous. And he says, let me say it again, be bold, be strong and be very courageous. And it kept coming to me and said, do not let this book depart from your mouth meditate on it, and, uh, and I had that. Five times this week I've been given that verse. You know, If I hadn't read the Bible, if I hadn't been in my head in it, that's supernatural, five different things. Even people putting stuff up on Facebook, I go up and I start laughing, I'll just say, like, there again. It is ridiculous, it's, it's unbelievable. <laughs> so it means, because the word of Christ dwells in us richly, we can move forward with faith, because God is speaking and encouraging us all the time to push forward. The work is great. The, 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 the harvest is plentiful. But the workers are few. So let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. Don't take it lightly. That's a powerful book. And then verse 17 is the summing up. Whatever you do, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. This is what Paul meant when he said, you are ambassadors for Christ. What a privilege that is. I mean, you know, I've got my identity. I've been forgiven. I'm going to shine like a star. People are going to see what I do to praise my Father in heaven. And I am sent as an ambassador. Now, there's a new ministry starting. This is one of the things we're going to talk to you about on Wednesday. Uh, prayer on the streets. Not that it's never happened before, but it's going to be a bit more visual. And so, as a team, we've been testing these jackets. you like this? You've seen it. Well, you, it's really warm. It's good. And um, this is one of our jackets. We've been testing them so that when we get this ministry started, we don't just approach people on the street and you know turn or burn you know or where you're going you know do you know whether you're going heaven or hell and they say i do want to go to upminster <laughs> what do you say to that so we're not going to do that but we are going to have a presence on the street uh, sometimes and we want we're going to have some training i think it's in the notices and everything else and norbert's helping us oversee that so we've got it it's got a little emblem on there you see that little emblem what do you think that says there you go Billericay Baptist Church, it means that when we approach people, or just stand there because we prayed for God to bring the people to us uh, and want supernatural encounters, they know who we are. Now, what am I going to do with a jacket? Do you think I'm going to be like this? Hello. <laughs> Guess who I am. Where do you want to go? Upminster. No, we're going to put it on. We'll put the jacket on. I can't do it. I've got my suit on. It's just been pressed. But we're going to put the jacket on. Now, why am I telling you all of this? Because our youth work director, bless his heart, is he here? Is he not here? Where is he? Where is he? Is he hiding? I can't see him. I feel like he's Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus, get down. What are you doing over there? Pardon? So our youth work director, he's a lovely lad. He's my favourite. Anyway... He said to me the other day, he came in the office, he said, oh, he said, it's dangerous wearing these coats. And here he comes, it's all right, I'm going to really, really rub it in. He said, it's dangerous wearing these coats, isn't it? I said, what do you mean it's dangerous? Oh, it's like our dog collar, isn't it? You know, they all know where we are now. They know us. We've got to be on good, best behaviour. Um, I said, what do you mean? He goes, oh, he said, oh, you know. So I was driving down the office and it probably, probably, because Gary struggles, you're okay if I say some of this stuff, it's, he struggles with Tuesdays because... Um, unbeknown to Gary, every Tuesday they collect the rubbish. It's the same every week. I'm sorry, I'm late. They're collecting the rubbish. Every week the same, Gary. Need another for five minutes. All you need. No, he's pretty good. Anyway, comes in with his jacket. Oh, it's dangerous wearing that jacket? I said, Why is it dangerous wearing that jacket? It's nice. It's warm. You know, it's been very cold. He said, No. He said, Well, some guy, you know, pulled right out in front of me, and you know, the 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 old self rises up. You're like. Know, like this, he said, but I my jacket on. And I thought, oh, if that gets in a bit of road rage, imagine getting out going, oh, you, oh, bless you, brother, bless you, bless you. That's what I wanted to say. That, you know, That's what I wanted to say. And I thought, actually, it's a good illustration, isn't it? Because just because someone can see it physically, actually, spiritually, we've got to put our coat on. We've got to clothe ourselves with Christ. And so therefore, our attitudes are different. Not just because we're wearing a dog collar or, or, or a jacket. There's many pressures in life. The world can pull you in many, many different directions that lead away from God. But there's a choice every day. Put your Christ clothes on, that character of God. The Bible says, choose for yourself this day who you will serve. As for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. It was a choice. You have a choice. And I believe God's given us a vision for this church, and and as much we want to share uh, or begin to introduce on Wednesday. But I really believe that we are God's chosen people, not just here, you know, the church. God's chosen people. But this should be a place of challenge and of love and of comfort and of growth. A place where encouragement is the norm. You should expect encouragement because the Bible says encourage one another daily. A place of compassion and kindness because these words said you're to be a compassionate and kind people. A place where people can achieve Great things for God because we want to release them in their ministries but would have humility when they have success. A place where wisdom is obvious and forgiveness abounds. A place that even when people or things don't live up to expectations, will bear with one another and not run home with my ball just because I can. A place where we'll have a real heart for the lost. I mean a passion for the lost. A place where we're passionate about mission and ministry. And a place where the people are so excited about christ the author and perfecter of our faith excited about his message of good news passionate about his people and then passionate about those who don't know him ferocious i love that word we're talking about that one in the office as well ferocious in our evangelism unashamedly because we want to win people for christ not just for us but for christ and to do that we have to get outside of these walls as much as we do inside as well And we do all of this because all of these characteristics are bound together, this passage says, by love. A place where the peace of Christ rules in our hearts. Where we'll be thankful for all that God is doing among us and will do among us. That we'll pray continually and give thanks in all circumstances. And a place where the word of Christ, which is being bent and twisted elsewhere... We'll hold firm to it and it will dwell in us richly. And then whatever we do, whatever situation we find ourselves in, we do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus. And then you'll see many good things because the Lord will bless us. This building will be full. We'll grow numerically and spiritually. There's much opportunity uh, coming. There's so much opportunity uh, coming and we need to be sacrificial in our ministry and mission our vision uh, it might get uncomfortable but we have to move forward with christ leading so we pray and seek for renewal among our own lives in the church and our community our eyes focused and fixed on the things above on jesus on christ in everything we pray that we'll be filled with the spirit of god that we'd go out from this place being courageous for christ seeking blessing not only for ourselves but the communities where we live and our families A united church, nothing nothing worse than Christians putting down other Christians. It's such a bad witness, and some people make a choice to just say bad stuff and find the fault in everything. It's not us, because the peace of Christ is, is indwelling us, it's ruling in our hearts. And we can speak up for the church of Christ, even when it's not perfect. We know it's not perfect, because it's full of sinners. And if anyone says you're a hypocrite, say, come in, we've got room for one more. It's no problem. We want to be a united church, even with our differences, because we believe together in the work of the cross and the word. And then when we do all these things, then we're a healthy community. And whatever the outside appearance is, inside, we're healthy. Jesus will lead us on. He is the head of the church. We bow down and confess, you are Lord in this place. He will lead lead us. And the question is, will we follow him? And we should, because the glory, all of it, God of glory, we exalt your name. All the glory belongs to him. All of it. All of it. So let me pray for us and then we'll respond in worship. Lord, I pray that we would be uh, a people of compassion because the Bible says that the Lord is full of compassion and mercy. I pray we'll be a people of kindness, a people of humility, of gentleness, patience. I pray that where we have differences, we would bear with one another and speak well of one another. I pray we'd be quick to forgive because the Lord forgave us. I pray that we surround all of these things in love. I pray we'll be a church, a people of God, where the peace of Christ rules in our hearts, that we'd be joyful, praying continually, people who give thanks in all circumstances. I pray we'll be a church, Lord, where the Bible dwells in us richly. We don't just read it. It seeps into our hearts, our very souls. I pray that whatever we do, we do it in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. I pray that all of us here could say, as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. I pray, Lord, that we, who with unveiled faces all reflect your glory, being transformed into your likeness, which comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. And we ask all of these things in Jesus' name. Amen.